0: Good morning everyone, it's Judith Hick Hope you're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your Wednesday. Of course, you know, we're chugging on through. We're right at what June tenth now. So uh soon we'll we're gonna be looking towards the middle of um the year for real, like July, you know. So hopefully you've got your goals in place, you're working on them. And you know, I this has been really a challenging year. Um for the outside world. You know, for me personally, this has not been one of the hardest years. I've I've had hard years. Last year was much more difficult for me. Um in terms of uh my livelihood being threatened, just the enormous amount of responsibilities that I have. They were all just on ten last year. Uh this year is much more manageable for my personal life, but externally it just seems like things are going, you know, haywire, you know, after uh, a clear judgmental lapse from government in terms of handling this uh, virus, then, you know, society has to shut down, which is hard, you know, because in general, it sounds fun. Like, I'm just going to watch Netflix, but whatever's going on in your life gets magnetized. You know, uh, I'm a caregiver. So, That's like no breaks. You know, you're stuck in house with your kids. No breaks. No, you know, so it's hard. It was really, really challenging. And then you follow it up with um, uh, the George Floyd situation, which was destined to happen because society hasn't changed. You know, and I can't speak on what it's like in Minneapolis, but in St. Louis, it's destined to happen again because Mike Brown, what the situation, uh, not even speaking specifically about those, that instance, but the cultural and social um, circumstances around uh, Mike Brown's situation uh, never changed. You know, the police are still... uh, over-policing in certain areas or you know and certain people are still hostile towards the police and you know it's not just a you know I get pulled over and you say what's going on officer you most people in certain scenarios in certain neighborhoods just run from the police uh whether they have a warrant or not that's just what they do and or they talk crazy to the police and then they put the police in a situation where they have to chase them or you know it's um that hadn't changed, so for anybody who thought that it wouldn't happen again was just being naive um and so we're in a very tenuous situation, not only in St. Louis but in every major metropolitan city uh because the be the beginning the middle of the end of this conversation for me um, is opportunity, economic opportunity, education, good jobs, good family structures, and they're not there. It's just not. And I'm not saying you got to be married, although it makes sense to be married and have a family structure before you start having kids. But a lot of people don't do it that way. And a lot of people don't wait till they have money in the bank to start having kids. So, um, you know, they tend to live in neighborhoods where they can afford. Those neighborhoods aren't always great. Schools aren't great. Um, And the peer pressure is to smoke drugs and sell drugs. I mean... Nobody seems to want to say it, but that's a lot of what happens in some neighborhoods. And now as time has moved on and there are fewer manufacturing jobs or fewer jobs, low income people can do and make more money, you know, because when I was a kid, you didn't have to be a scholar to make good money. You could you could work in a factory. You could go out to the uh, Chrysler plant and build cars and provide for your family. And you could make as much money as someone who had graduated from college. But those jobs have dried up. And then people wonder why, you know, there's no middle class. Well, there's no middle class because those jobs don't exist. However, we are not, we're not really educating people in our school system to do the jobs that do exist. Because you don't have to go to college to code. Why aren't there coding classes in in public school? Why isn't that required? Because social studies, you know, that's important, but that doesn't put food on your table. And people are getting to the point now where they don't even have enough skills to be hired, even if they do stay in school long enough to graduate high school. So, you know, we have some very deep cultural issues in America and... Everybody then puts the the onus of racism on top of all that. And maybe it is, but then you muddy everything by putting that in there because then you can't really get to the crux of the problem because then everybody's so mad about racism, they forget what the original issue was in the first place. And to me, it's at this point, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. I'm not saying racism didn't shape the journey of how we got here. Fine, it is. that It did. I get that. But that's not the solution. Focusing on how we got to a dead end is not the solution. That keeps you stuck where you are. And I feel like when you start introducing race into every single thing, that's where we wind up mad. Because you can't change your race. But that's supposed to be the American dream. You should be able to change your class. If you work hard and participate in society and pay your taxes, uh, get a good job, you should be able to buy a a house, a home for your kids, and raise them and send them to good schools and have generational excellence. Well, that's what we're supposed to do, but we don't. And so people in charge would rather you focus on race because it just keeps you running in a circle. Because if you were, because we know we can't change our races. However, uh, well, Rachel Dolezal, but the rest of us can't pretend we're something that we're not. You know, you can look at us and tell. So, yeah, I can't I can't throw you off the scent by, you know, talking about your finances. But I can't throw you off the scent by putting race in it. And then people get so angry and and America's history then gets regurgitated. And it's real. I don't doubt it. I know it's real. I'm not a a flat earther. I get it. Um, America's history is awful. But the more that you incite people on terms of race, the less you can get them to understand how important it is to talk about capital and why our businesses aren't funded the way other people's businesses are. Why generationally, middle class kids Who's who are first generation college graduates aren't as wealthy as our white counterparts because we had to take care of our parents because they didn't save for their financial futures at all. You know, we got redlined into certain neighborhoods, and so now the homes they own don't have any value. And yes, a part of that, uh, uh, the reason that exists is because of racism in many cases, the redlining part, absolutely but at the the next breath is then why haven't you made it easier for us then to get out of these red line districts and 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 generate capital and make money and do all those things like i said i'm not saying racism isn't a part of that but the more you start talking about the more you start talking about racism instead of the the money part how you know people were stuck in these terrible loans from countrywide um So if we approach it from a racial standpoint, as opposed to a fiscal standpoint, then you you get people fired up and running in circles. So then they don't want to talk about how broke they are when they want to talk about how black they are. And it's a, it's a ploy. It's a plot. They do it. Every politician does it. Now you got Nancy Pelosi walking around in kente cloth. I mean, no disrespect, but why are you got that on? You know, I wore that at my college graduation, but I also went to a historically black college. Like, what are you doing? Why? What is the point of that? I don't, I don't understand. And you're in the city of Howard University, a, a, the historically black college, and instead of, <laughs> you know, holding meetings at Howard or talking to, you know, the president of Howard or doing anything with Howard, you're going to show up in a Kente cloth. I don't know, man. Seems disingenuous. These politicians are a trip. They will just do and say anything. And that's why I don't trust them. You know, because Nancy Pelosi and Kente cloth is low key hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I want to be offended, but (laughs) it's more amusing than offensive to me. And let's face it. If you go around being offended by everything, you will be on 10 all day. Like that's how you get high blood pressure. So I'd rather just laugh. That's strange uh, and bad advice. And, I, and you can tell when these people have no black people that they listen to because that was a bad idea. Oy. Anyway, I try not to talk politics on here. I don't really I'm, I don't consider myself super political. I pay attention to the issues and I'm not a huge fan of politicians because they're phony. I'd rather just deal with people who are of service and really want to help. And I'm not impressed with the Democratic or Republican Party at this point. Uh, I'm an independent. And, you know, it's a tough road because it's so hard to find a candidate that that represents a regular person's value system. Because let's face it, these these politicians now, they make a lot of money you know, they're not struggling. They're not hurting for cash. They have to pretend like they understand the plight of the people in their districts that they represent. But for the most part, they're they're good. They live in D.C. and wherever they are from. You know, they're good. So I don't know. It's an interesting time. But put your thinking cap on and pay attention and be smart and do what you think is best for you, ultimately. And let's not try to keep coming up with these blanket decisions that affect a lot of people. If you think defunding the police is a good idea, I, you know, it changed the name of the movement because a, if your family is ever a victim, that's what was interesting. I was reading an article yesterday. I probably mentioned it, how they are rioting pretty hardcore in Chicago against the police on one side of town. And then West Side had a ton of shootings and murders and the people were like, Well the police didn't come. Okay, well you can't have it both ways. You know, you can't say the police are terrible and awful, and then as soon as you're a victim or your neighborhood is under siege from criminals, then you want the police to show up to fix that. I mean seriously. That's the problem with these broad, sweeping, crazy narratives that people come up with. Like, remove the emotionality. There are neighborhoods where you need to call the police and you need them to show up because it's not safe. And if your family is ever victimized or you're victimized, you'll be singing a different tune. So, like, let's not negate the fact that we need police to do their jobs and be effective Let's figure out ways to get rid of the people who don't necessarily want to be police officers and protect and serve, but who want to be bullies. But I do understand that it's a fine line because you can't spit at me and call me names and throw rocks and then dial nine one one when situation's going left for you. That's not fair. So like let's have real grown up discussions. Problem is it's hard to find a grown up these days, and you know I'm right. People are all in their feelings and super immature and not ready to have the jobs that they have so let's vote them all out let's start fresh and maybe let's let's ask different questions of our politicians i don't want any more babies with twitter accounts that is ridiculous this has just been the silliest experiment ever and i hope it's over so all this protesting is great but if you can vote if you're a voting age get your tail to the polls in november because this is ridiculous That's what I said, and that's what I mean. That's the name of my new podcast. (laughs) That's what I said, and that's what I mean, because it's true.